Well, tonight uh, we are going to be looking at some Pew to the Plow presentations, but before I do that, I'd like just to introduce um, with a video what we're going to be looking at to refresh your memory on all the trips that, um, that we laid out for you all back in November, and, uh, and now to give you a report of those trips. Whether you went on um, these trips or not, I hope that your heart will be stirred tonight at these testimonies that will be given. Um, I hope it will stir your heart to want to participate in these trips in the future. If you notice, the tagline is, from the pew to the plow. Um, So that, that means that for all of us that are sitting in these chairs right here, even though they're not pews, um... In these chairs, you guys are, are, are hearing the word of God on a regular basis. You're, being, um, you're serving within the church. But then to leave this chair, this setting, and go take that same message, that same service to another country. Places where Timberlake has been investing in, in a significant way. Um, before I come and let all of our um, uh, people share who are going to be giving testimonies tonight um, regarding the Guatemala and China trips... Um, there's an illustration that I found very helpful in, in um, encouraging us in what, what should I do? Because we know that the Great Commission is given to all of us without exception, those of us that are Christians, to go into the world as we are going to make disciples of all the nations. We know that Romans 12 says we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service of worship, not be pressed into the world's mold, but to be pressed into God's mold and, and to carry out His will. An illustration that helped me with this from another pastor that passed this along to me is the illustration of a, of a blank check. Um, there's, nothing, there's nothing in here as far as an amount or, or date or there's no specifications even on the memo line except my signature that I will sign. I was to give this to one of you tonight. Um, you might be, feel like that might be a little awkward, but, but wondering, wow, so you can, I can just put as much down on here as you want? Yes, absolutely. And the idea of a blank check is there's no strings attached. There's no, um, there's no instructions given. When you're presenting your body as a living sacrifice, it is like a blank check. 
is a check that we present to God knowing full well that it is his life within us. It is his life to spend. And we submit to the way that he desires to spend us. It's not coming to God and saying, I want only in, in this way, in this time frame. It's saying, God, whatever you want me to do. So many of us are afraid to say those words because we shudder to think what God might have in store for us might make us utterly miserable. And what we think we want to do with our lives that he's given us would be more suitable and more enjoyable and more satisfying. But nothing could be further from the truth. And so these, these Pew to the Plow mission trips are to help you start thinking in that direction, to say, God, whatever it is you want me to do, I want to serve you. And if it's here in Lynchburg, great. If you, if you want me to serve you in these other areas in China and Nepal and Guatemala um, and and in other places like Burundi, like Pastor Jeff and the team that is there. Um, these are opportunities that are right before you. Um, and I pray that you would start, even now, recommitting yourself to that. God, wherever it is you want me to go, whatever it is you want me to do, I want to pursue your will for my life and pray that you would use me for your glory. Um, whatever that may be, without strings attached. So our first blank check testimony here tonight is going to be from Alex Grant, who went on the Guatemala trip and uh, back in June. I appreciate him and the team that went. And um, also we're going to have Woody Wooldridge and Linda Alley giving us a report from the China mainland trip. And then Carolina Alley will close us out uh, for the testimonies with the China-USA trip that took place here in July. So thank you, Alex. I brought a paper up uh, just so I could remember all the things that I wanted to tell you and so I wouldn't get too off track and, you know, follow tangents and things. Um, So, first of all, I want to thank you, uh, Timberlake, for sending our group to Guatemala. Um, I want to thank you for contributing financially as well as with your prayers. And uh, several people said to me uh, when I asked for prayer, when I asked for financial support or whatever, um, they said, well, at least I can pray. And... um, but I think uh, in the case of prayer, at least, is, a, is such a vast understatement. So thank you so much for those of you that prayed. Um, I also want to thank my fellow group members. It was great getting to know Matt, Jimmy, and Hunter, John, Jana, Tamara, Hannah, and, of course, Sue. So this was my first missions trip, so I'm especially grateful uh, to you for sending me on my first missions trip. Uh, I grew up in a church that supported a lot of missionaries. Uh, We had missions conferences every year. Uh, Missionaries stopped by our church and presented work on a regular basis. I knew who these people were, and I looked up to them. The church, in in fact, encouraged us to think of missionaries as heroes. And uh, when I thought of heroes, though, I thought of uh, special people. Um, And not that they weren't special, but um, I thought of people that sold everything they had, moved to other countries, left everyone. Uh, In short, people who did things that were far beyond my ordinary capabilities. So it never occurred to me that there could be opportunities to go on shorter missions trips like those with uh, Pew to the Plow, uh, that it never occurred to me that I could go to another country and, uh, and serve as well. And really, I, I came to the church about a year ago, something like that, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I decided to stay here when I came, is that uh, I believe that you all understand that the Great Commission involves everybody, uh, and it involves people here, and it involves people going, uh, it involves all of us. Uh, And I also believe that you understand that we have a big God who works in big ways as well as in small ways. 
um, and often in ways that we can't even comprehend and sometimes we even fail to notice. So it's fairly common for uh, a group returning from a missions trip to come back and give uh, a report about what happened on the trip. Um, I'm excited to report that I actually have no idea what happened on the trip in some ways. Um, so there are so many great things that uh, you get to experience on a, on a missions trip. And uh, we had so many opportunities to serve at uh, Hope of Life. Uh, Hope of Life was uh, the large multifaceted mission organization um, that, we, uh, that we went to, and it's uh, located in the, the Zacapa Department of uh, Guatemala, and I'm probably horribly mispronouncing uh, that word, Zacapa. Um, but our group, uh, we had a chance to spend time at the orphanage. Uh, that was especially where uh, you would find uh, John and Hunter on most afternoons. Um, we got to spend time at Hope of Life's hospital, at their elder home, and uh, also at Kelly's house, which was the home for children with special needs. And uh, if you couldn't find Jana or Mr. Thomas on a given day, um, that's probably because they were at Kelly's house uh, sitting with the kids there. We also visited a church in Chikimula and worshipped with them. Uh, we taught their children a Bible lesson and encouraged their pastor as best we could. We visited Los Limones, where we presented the gospel, distributed bags of food, and uh, painted their church building. We also helped serve lunch at uh, a place called The Dump, which is an actual trash collection site where uh, Hope of Life has built this pavilion. And uh, Hope of Life sends volunteers to, uh, to The Dump several times a week um, to serve meals to the people who live there at The Dump or in the nearby uh, village of uh, sort of hammered-together houses. You know, they, they grab whatever they can from The Dump and uh, make a shelter out of it. Um, and uh, whatever aluminum or plastic or cans that they can find, uh, glass that they can find, uh, they pick that up and, and sell it, and that's how they make their, their living there. So very poor people uh, with very, very few material resources, very little food, um, and this uh, Hope of Life uh, basically is, is holding them up, it seems like, in some ways. Um, Back at Hope of Life, we also had an opportunity to join the construction team and uh, work on an outdoor kitchen to service the elder home. Notice I said we joined the construction team. We weren't really the construction team. Uh, we weren't. I have small arms and uh, can't do a lot of really good construction stuff. Um, but we, you know, we got in their way enough to make them feel like they were working really, really hard, probably. Um, in short, people received material help, including food clothing, other supplies, and uh, the gospel was presented to them. But in some ways, it's difficult to point at exactly what we did. After all, as I was saying, the construction crew actually didn't need our help, to say the least. And uh, the church at Los Limones probably would have been just fine with uh, the coat of paint that they already had. Um, but here is some of the work that it's difficult to point at and say exactly what is happening, um, exactly what good is being done. Um, John, playing soccer with the teenagers from the orphanage. That was some of the work that we did. Janet and Kelly's house, sitting and talking with the boys while they listened to the World Cup and just being there with them and uh, holding their hand when they needed somebody to pay attention to them and um, coloring with them and doing uh, things like that to be a blessing to those boys. Um, here's some more work. Hunter splashing with a group of kids in the river and uh, entertaining them with uh, some sleight of hand tricks and things like that too. In short, we loved the people, and we shared life with them, and we shared the gospel. 
And uh, I believe that it's us that, that came back changed. I once heard a preacher say that our lives are often about something other than what we think they are about. Um, he gave the example of David. Um, we sometimes think that David's life was about doing these great deeds, these great things for God. Um, we think about him being the king of Israel and winning wars and writing psalms and being you know, David, the, the great character that he was, the great figure that he was. Um, but this preacher argued that David's life was not about any of those things, really. He said, of all the things written about David in Samuel and in Chronicles and Kings, the greatest thing David ever did is recorded in Matthew 1, verse 6. And it's only one line, and it goes, And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. Which doesn't sound like much until you get to the end of the genealogy, down in verse 16, and you read, And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who was called Christ. So, after one of David's worst failures, he does this one thing. He fathers a child, who we eventually find out is in the line of Christ. David's life was not about David or Israel or great deeds, but about Jesus. A small everyday thing happens, like playing in a river, like uh, playing soccer, like sitting with some boys while they listen to the World Cup. And God can take those things and use them for something far greater. Jesus talked about the reward in store for those who give a cup of water to a child in Christ's name. I don't think that passage is just about the reward. I think it's also about what God can do with a cup of cold water and uh, with that child who receives that cup of cold water. So here's what I believe God did in Guatemala. I think he took some cups of water, small gestures, passing out food, playing in the river with the kids from the orphanage, holding children with cerebral palsy. I think he took those things and uh, will do something great with them because that's who he is and that's what he does. That's why I'm excited to report that I don't know what God did on our missions trip. I'm excited that he began some work in us. I'm excited that he continued some work at Hope of Life and in Guatemala. And I'm excited that that work, uh, neither of those works, are finished. And it's hard to say what, uh, what someone actually did when the work is not finished yet. Um, I'm also excited that we will all see the results later and that his work will be greater than uh, anything we could have done or imagined. So thank you for your part in the work. And uh, I, hands down, would say if you have the opportunity to go yourself and see what God is doing in Guatemala, please do go. Thank you for sending us. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm enjoying everlasting life right now. Uh, we're enjoying it now. We're going to enjoy it later on, too, as we know Jesus is Savior. Pew to Plow began for me in 1995.
praise Jesus. This church sent me out. And uh, Pastor Alley and uh, Dick Sand had a big hand in it. They gave me a lot of cash to send me out. They were hoping I wouldn't come back. But by golly, Lord brought me back anyway. <laughs> um, the Bible says, uh, go make disciples of all nations. We all know that. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And um, I think we have a, a slide that we can show up there if we got. Hello. Okay. Hello, boys. One slide. There we go. Just hold that one right there. That's it. There we go. There we go. All right. That's the puzzle slide uh, right there. And it's got several uh, different parts to it. Uh, but uh, summer camps in China uh, give us an opportunity to get off the pew and uh, plow in China. And uh, Linda Alley and David Alley led a team, uh, one of the teams in Shandong province. And uh, we had uh, another couple led a team uh, in Beijing. My better half, uh, she uh, took me over to China and we uh, kind of observed those places to make sure everything was going good. Uh, so Linda Alley will report on the summer camp in China. Uh, also, we have opportunities. You see winter camps up there and um, summer camps in the United States. And uh, that's an opportunity to get off the pews and plow here in the United States. So actually, God is bringing the mission field to us. We have the opportunity to join him in his work uh, here as well as in China. And um, you note here in the slide the local church is in the middle. Uh, the very best way to exalt Christ and magnify him in the world, uh, whether home or abroad, is through the local church. You don't believe me? Read Ephesians 3. A burdened heart. Oh, for a heart that is burdened, infused with a passion to pray. Oh, for stirring within me. Oh, for His power each day. Oh, for a heart like my Savior, who being in agony prayed. Such feeling for others, Lord, give me. Such burden on my heart be laid. My Father, I long for this passion to put myself out for the lost, to lay down my life to see others get saved, to pray whatever the cost. Oh, teach me, oh, teach me this secret. I long for this lesson to learn, this passionate passion for others. For this, precious Savior, I yearn. Oh, Jesus, take this lesson straight from Thee and give it to us. As Woody said, uh, we had 57 Americans go with us to China. We had two locations that we served in. Uh, the first one was in New, uh, at Newbridge School in Beijing. Um, we've had a relationship with the school for over 13 years, and it's amazing to see what God is doing in that area. The other team, uh, the team that David and I and Nancy and Jeremy Hoffman were a part of, uh, was located in Jinan, China, which is Shandong Province. Each year, the Americans come back, and the first thing we counsel them is, find one story that you can share, because God has done so much in your heart 
most people don't have time to hear and have the patience to listen to what God has done in your heart and what he's doing in the location that you're at. And so tonight I'm going to share a few more stories than one, but it's all about stories. It's God's story, how he's honoring and glorifying himself in the land of China. Uh, Jinan is located in Shandong province, about six-hour bus ride uh, um, south of Beijing. Uh, and after a 13-hour plane ride, and then you get on a bus and you ride six more hours, you're pretty worn out. And um, you can see our location there is just beautiful. Um, it's really, really pretty. It's a setting that I, I just absolutely adore going to. The people there are just so gracious. Um, David and I have had a chance to develop relationships over the last three years just with the employees who don't even speak English. But they recognize us, and we recognize them, and there's hugs exchanged, um, and just pictures and time spent with each other. Um, it's our prayer that just even in those simple things, even though there's a language barrier, that Christ is magnified and the love of Christ is demonstrated. So there are many stories that we want to share with you. And first, uh, I want to start with two of our team members. Um, Each year, God brings just the right people together to serve on a team. When you're working with people all across the United States and you only see them on paper um, and you've only had simple conversations over the phone, it just is amazing how God brings skill sets together that complement one another. You don't know each other, but yet just within about a 48-hour period, you are a well-working team that can accomplish much when you're honoring the Lord. Um, We had two young men with us this year that it was just exciting to see. Um, Their stories are very different, but yet they're very similar. They both have trusted Christ as their Savior, and they desire to reach their own people for Christ. Just like last year, we had a former summer camp student join our teaching team. But this year, we had another. His name was Jason. Jason first attended our camp in 2010 up in uh, Chichihar, which is far in the north. He trusted Christ the next year, 2011, in our camp. And from that point on, he stayed very connected with uh, the family that led him to the Lord He even took their family name, so he calls himself Jason Bargeron. Um, He is just, it's amazing to see. He came to the States. He's gotten established in a church and was baptized. He is now attending a University of North Carolina in Greensboro. And just to see him on our team, it's exciting to see him come from that point of accepting Christ and see him growing in his faith and now serving. Um, The second man I want to introduce you to is Enoch. Uh, We were first introduced to Enoch in 2010 as well. Enoch had moved to Shenyang to attend our interpreter's school. His focus there was to study the Word of God and to learn to interpret for American teachers while teaching the Word of God. Um, What a blessing to have these gentlemen serve with us. It's encouraging to see Christ come, a Chinese come to Christ, and a desire to reach their own people. One exciting story that I don't have a picture of for you is our host. Our host in Jinan was Mr. Zhao. Mr. Zhao had heard the gospel over the past six years. In fact, Woody and Chris had sent us over to do some contracts uh, in 2011, and we had the opportunity to sit down with Zhao and share the gospel with him over a meal. 
But Jal had yet not trusted Christ. But Jal did trust Christ this past winter. Jal came to our winter camp, and uh, he spent some touring time with us, and then he went down to the camp location in Missouri. He is now being discipled on a regular basis through Skype. And when you hear this, you're kind of skeptical. You think, okay, how much has he really gone? Does he really understand? Has he trusted Christ? Well, I can emphatically say yes, because when we were in camp together, there were multiple times there was evidence showing that he was walking with the Lord. He had a deep faith in the Lord. And we were just rejoicing uh, in that relationship that we have with Mr. Jowett and to have seen him come over those six years to trust the Lord. His son and his family are now being regularly exposed to the gospel. The next two stories I want to tell you about are the reasons we continue to go to China. I would like you to meet Apple. Apple is in the picture with Dave. Apple did not choose to come to camp. He's like a lot of kids in our camp. He was told he had to go. His parents understand the importance for him to learn English. Apple knew very few English words, and he wasn't really easy to work with. He often used his lack of understanding English as a reason to not participate or to be difficult. However, his teacher Becky realized that her role was to do the best she could to teach Apple. That's building trust building trust in that young life and hopefully in the parents' lives. And then, after teaching, to show the love of Christ. And that's not always easy when you've got a contrary six-year-old who doesn't want to cooperate and is tired after about 11 day, uh, 10 days of working. Well, Becky was one of the few who seemed to break through to Apple. Most of us couldn't do much with Apple. He was very defiant at times didn't want to participate. But the end of camp, Becky signed Apple's shirt, I love you. Someone told him what it said in Chinese. He was so proud. When his mother came the next day, it was the first thing that he showed his mother was I love you on a shirt. Apple experienced the love of Christ in camp, and hopefully his parents began to get a glimpse of someone loving their child unconditionally. And Becky realized the importance of showing love to Christ, of Christ to those around her who need to know him. She took a lesson back with her. The other young lady I want to introduce you to is Rose. Rose's ability to communicate in English was pretty good. She loved talking. Um, in fact, the teacher said to say, Rose, stop talking. <laughs> Nancy, shared, Nancy Hoffman shared the story of the birth and death and the resurrection of Christ. Rose had a lot of questions. She asked the assistant in the room, Miranda, if she had ever seen Jesus. Have you ever stopped to think about that? Someone, you share Christ and they actually look at you and say, have you seen Jesus? This question led to many intelligent questions. Language was not a barrier for this eight-year-old. After several discussions, Rose came to the most sad conclusion. Jesus died for you but not for China. She continued to say, salvation as we know it isn't for China. She said that Chinese have a different way to heaven. You see, each of these individuals is why we go to China. It's why I've been doing this for 12 years. 
There are ones like Jason who trust Christ very quickly and grow in their faith. There are ones like Enoch who desire to be discipled in their faith and given opportunity to serve in their very own land. There are ones like Apple who need to experience the love of Christ even though he does not want to be in camp. And there are kids like Rose whose intellect and culture make it difficult to trust Christ. They need the freedom to ask questions and time to allow God to work in their hearts. This is why we continue to go to China. The cost isn't cheap for us. It's very expensive. Our trip is one of the most expensive. But you know, the eternal cost for these Chinese is even greater. Please consider serving with us next summer in China. Wow. There's some of you out here I don't know. I'm Carolina, and the slide presentation was put together by our illustrious Stephen Conley. Uh, My husband, John, and I, we headed up the camp, and um, I took no pictures (laughs) the whole time. So thank you, Stephen, for doing that. I appreciate it. Let me just start by saying a little bit what we did here. Uh, I spoke last year, and and the format was the same. I had uh, Nancy... Um, Williams and Mr. Bowman teach chemistry lessons. We went to CVCC, so that was a really fun trip. We got to use their chemistry lab. And let me just say, I learned a lot about titration and coloring of the acids and things that happen when you put acids on things and things happened. But really, um, the students, our Chinese students, were very intelligent. We had a very intelligent, very adventurous, very bold group this year. <clears throat> so it was a lot of fun. And we had a lot of little incidents, but they were just, <laughs> they were fantastic incidents. Um, Becky Bowman and Nancy taught literature lessons. Um, Rita Linton taught a, a World War II lesson. We were able to go to uh, D-Day Memorial. And um, it was a lot of fun. We went to Jamestown, Yorktown, <clears throat> probably the hottest day ever in the history of Jamestown and Yorktown. (laughs) The heat index was 108. Um, It was really hot. And so if I were to normally take a a group of uh, classroom students, they probably would be walking with the guide and just saying, please, guide, go faster, go faster. Our Chinese students were asking them questions in the heat of the day, and that was just very unusual uh, for for most of my students that I, I would have taught in the past. But they were just very inquisitive, wanted to know everything. I had uh, Mr. and Mrs. Boyer, um, Rick Boyer, and Pastor and Mrs. Alley. They were interviewed um, as part of a lesson on biographies. And we did this last year. And walking up and down the hallways, we we taught the students about how to go about interviewing your interviewee. And uh, they were prepped with what questions to ask. But in every answer that was given by one of these four people, there was something about the gospel in every single answer. And it was so amazing. And, of course, you know, I think I mentioned this last year, that they were struck by um, how many children the boyers had. They thought, wow, that's incredible. That's a lot of kids. Now how do you keep track of all of them? And, um, but they, they learned that um, God was the center of their family, and uh, no matter what the circumstances were, that was their focus, was what is God trying to teach us. It was just really, really fascinating <clears throat> to see that again this year. 
um, what do we need to make all these things possible, to be able to teach these kids these classes and have them here? Well, we need host families, people who are willing to open their homes. And, And last year, I think we were a week within starting camp, and we didn't have... 10 of the 12 housed. <laughs> so this year, you know, we're getting close to time, getting close to time, and all I have left is three. I'm like, man, I'm good. I'm so good. So I needed three, but then we were getting close to time. Like, I need somebody to take three boys or one and two or whatever. So <clears throat> I'm not trying to embarrass them, but I just thought this was, this was just amazing how the Lord worked this out, and he brought just the right couple. Matt and Vanessa Boyer, newlyweds, took three boys, <laughs> Three teenage boys. I don't have teenage boys, but I have boys. (laughs) And they took three teenagers. So they fed them, they housed them, and they just showed the love of God to these three boys. And uh, I just would like to publicly thank them for doing that because that's that's amazing, going out and uh, above and beyond, I thought. Um, But we need you to to just house these children. A a church our size, um, you know, there's a lot of us here who have um, time during the summer, um, it's our vacation time, and I think knowing ahead of time that we have these pew-to-the-plow trips, we can kind of plan our summer. I mean, you, you kind of have to do that. You have to plan your summer around these trips and these things that are happening. Um, Lord willing, we'll be doing this again next summer about the same time in July. And, and we need you to open your home up. Um, you might have a spare bedroom that is not being used. Um, open it up to one of our kids. We'd love for you to do that. Um, we need teenagers and college students who are willing to share the gospel by developing relationships with these students to come on board with us. Um, I'm going to get ahead of myself. The, the, the next thing we need, I'll, I'll get to that thought that was in my head. The next thing we need is prayer that God would uh, be seen in everything that we do and we say, and that when the doors, the opportunities to share the gospel are burst wide open, that we would take them boldly, and that we would have the right words to be said at the right time, and that we would share with boldness the truth that we know. Um, let me, I feel like I need to walk around. I, teach, I, I used to teach. Well, I teach just one class, and I walk around all the time, so this is really, oh, and, uh, really hard. <clears throat> Why do we teach kids English, history, chemistry, PE, art? Tell me, why do we do that? Oh, no. They don't know. Why do you teach children? How do you? Why do you teach you guys all different subjects? Part of God's creation. Okay. Yeah. It's part of God's creation. Take them all off. I don't know. Why, why do I have to teach them? Is it because it's the right subject? Or? No, it's not. It's 
is the answer. Okay, yes. So <clears throat> uh, we explained to our boys, you need to soak up as much knowledge, expose yourself as much as you possibly can if you don't know how God is going to lead you. So I kind of see this pew to the plow, and I, I was sitting back there with Melissa. I'm like, I think we need to call this, like, chair to the call, because, like, we're sitting in chairs, you know. Because people are like, oh, I'm not sitting in a pew, so this isn't going to apply to me. Okay, well, you're sitting in a chair. It's a chair to the cause, what I'm going to call it. Um, The church opens up these opportunities for us to go on these different trips to expose us to the different fields that God has already, already set out there for us. So we can get involved in these, in these ministries and see what is it that God would want me to do. Is he calling me to missions? Well, yes. We are called that. Where specifically should I, am I here? You know, should I say local? Should I go out? Well, you don't know. I wrote this down um, on this page <laughs> in really big letters. No one ever comes back trip, trip, from a trip and says, boy, Please don't give me any more money next time I ask you for a missions trip. That was the worst experience I've ever had. Nobody's ever gotten up here and said that. Alex didn't say that. Alex said the exact opposite, which is why I thought to write this. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Um, so nobody ever It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So take advantage of these different trips. Am I saying go on all of them? Well, maybe be specific if that's what God wants you to do. But the short-term trips, in my mind, are kind of exposing all of us to what's, what's out there, what the Lord has for us to do out there, so that we could, when the time comes, go full-time and do what he wants us to do full-time. But I'm not going to know unless I, I go and I, and I do these things. Students, college students, high school, fourth graders, second graders, soak up the knowledge so you can go and do what he wants you to do. Adults sitting in the chair, (laughs) soak up what's being said about these different trips. Go out if you can. If not, if you can't, well, hey, there's a nice little chair to the call um, trip here, right here in Lynchburg. You can get involved with us, housing students. Um, I even had someone give us some money there at the end of the week. And, um, you know, it was a huge blessing. And she said, just go and use it however you want. So we took the kids to Goodies. Because <laughs> you can't leave Lynchburg without going to Mr. Goodies, okay? So I guess I just, I just want to, you know, wrap this up. You know, people come up here and, and um, we have these fantastic stories to tell and these testimonies and, and things um, it's your turn. It's your turn. Come up here and tell us your, your story, your experience. We had one student make a profession of faith. We had many students who the gospel was clearly shown to through our teen helpers, clearly shown through to, by our host families. Um, it's your turn to be the one up here. Thank you. Wow. 
What a uh, great uh, evening and um, what stirring uh, testimonies. I don't know, uh, Carolina, what was running through my mind when you were um, talking uh, about the preparation. Um, a long time ago, somebody coined uh, the phrase, when opportunity knocks, it's too late to prepare. And one of the reasons that we equip the saints for the work of the ministry, one of the reasons we do the pew to the plow, one of the reasons for Timberlake Christian Schools, one of the reasons for the Expositor's Seminary is to prepare, to prepare, to prepare so that when opportunity knocks, we have the men, the women, the family to send to meet that opportunity for the glory of God. It's what we're busy about as a church. And you've just seen a little example of that tonight, a very complex a very strategic and, and a very powerful missions program that literally is reaching this world with the gospel. I'm so humbled uh, to be a part of that. 